0: mr Pitts,
1: hey god how you doing mate i'm good great how are you
0: thank you so much uh, yeah, pretty,
1: pretty fine of course man yeah
0: yeah Decided good morning
1: again. i know we're on the same time zone this time last yeah. time i was uh, halfway across the earth <laughs> yeah this is better so you're in los angeles yes i think it's funny because last time we were chatting uh i think it was like less than a week from me moving back to the united states so okay. I think from memory it was like March of 2021. Yeah, so we're wow. a bit, you know, about a year and a half kind of away from then.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Days, yeah. It's chilling. Kind October. Of, Happy October. it's kind of wild to think like how quickly the year goes by, but you know, that's just like a byproduct of like getting older and then just life moving faster,
0: right? Life does feel like it's moving faster as you get older
1: and then i think you just become even more conscious of just like what you want to do within that time right, right. and then, and then you just i don't know it's like then there's a whole sort of part of society that like you know youthfulness is like where where you're going to like do your best years so to speak and then skating is such a youthful activity that we get worried that like every year like our bodies change and like are we going to still be able to like skate the same and i don't know i just feel like it's way more like on my mind these days than
0: it used to be (laughs) like the the limit the the time limit
1: i mean kind of i just it's just interesting just knowing that just i know my body's not the same as it was like um like even five years ago Uh, um how old are you now uh 35 yeah so It still feels great, but I just know it's not quite the same. And I just have to do a bit more preparation and, you know, like I'm just more conscious of things of what to try, what to avoid. And, you know, like I I know I could be in a far worse situation, so still happy where I am, but it's just always like something
0: to be conscious of. Definitely.
1: I figure like you must be the same.
0: Yeah, it definitely, you definitely get a little bit more cautious. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, <clears throat> you 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 worry a little bit about your your aging flesh. Yeah. It's temporary. I
1: think also I would even think like uh, just changes in lifestyle, and you know, like you have a, a family, you know, and and you have two kids, and you have a wife, and I guess your like health plays upon like how then that impacts their lives, right? And you know, totally. I, I remember I don't know I don't know how long this is been a thing uh but I know it's been obviously more than perhaps a couple of years but like like you and Joey like both now wear helmets for instance yeah and and like I I know even for myself like uh within the past two years like I've started wearing more pads and it's changed my relationship to like confidence and like how also um been really grateful just just to have them like you know when I fall in certain ways and I haven't really had as many just like even superficial like cuts and, you know, scrapes is, even though I, I try to avoid that, but yeah, I kind of think about in, in your situation that I'm sure all of those factors like play into how it affects your role, but your choices.
0: Definitely. Yeah. There's more weight that you carry into skating. Like there's more yeah. concern, which can, sure. which can mess with your enjoyment of skating a little bit. Um, yeah. just feeling that, you know, you are responsible for other humans. And you can't just like throw yourself and be careless. Like, um, there's, there's more, there's more at stake. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I I suppose that changes like the focus of, um, what you want to get out of skating too. And it probably is quite different. Like if you, the, the point in which you started skating and what, your relation uh what sort of like your lifestyle is when you start skating like you're similarly with me is that like you started when you're you know young and yeah you went through you went through your teenage years and then you also went through your early 20s and all these sort of peak athletic periods and then you know you've now entered uh adulthood and you're you're full on adult role later at this point and i think like yeah. you know if you like your goals are quite different because you've skated for so long and you've explored skating in so many different ways of like um that you throughout the ages of different styles and also different limits of your body and what you want to push it to like you know if someone who loves a good gap yeah i know that and uh, i'm sure you're, you're like far less you know considerate to try that now probably because you've done enough of that in the past but it's also like you probably also think is that even worth it like what if i hurt myself and like how does that impact my family perhaps right. you know i'm sure you have more of these like thoughts now than like you did when you were like 20 definitely yeah,
0: yeah. sometimes yeah i definitely miss that um carefree that carefreeness of of being 20 yeah and just being able to like throw yourself and um having less at stake yes yeah. um it's it kind feels
1: of thing that you just sort of enter particularly if you've like excelled at something really good and you're like honing your skill and you're getting really confident in it
0: yeah yeah but i am i'm extremely grateful to be at this age and still be able just to put skates on you know i always just really try to focus on the on the basic enjoyment of just being able to put on skates and roll like and be grateful for that, because it's very easy to you know uh, get down on yourself or or I mean get overly critical and worry about like certain skills slipping or you know oh I can't do things the way I used to. Um, so I think it's really important just to be grateful for the for the bare minimum, and then start yes. start from there. You know start from that very simple place and then expand on it
1: do you think so like what you just said like um sort of reminds me of like actually how i approach just um every time i go to skate it almost goes in sort of stages and maybe it's similar to you is that like the first and foremost like with roll baiting i i just love the the basic activity of skates on your feet and rolling just like you said yeah but now like you know and for the past probably said at this point close to 10 years, this has sort of been the way I go about starting skating uh, each day I go out will be that like, I put on, like, I sort of like loosen up my body. Then I'll put on my skates and I'll just skate around. Like if it's at a skate park or in a street spot, I'll just go off and I'll just skate around and I'll just feel the groove of skating and, you know, jump backwards and probably do that for about 15 minutes or something. Wow! And then, then I'll probably stretch you know, for 10 minutes or whatever it is. And then usually like, whether it's sometimes with my skates on, with my skates off and either way, then I jump back in and then I slowly build up. Like I pretty much don't try to do any grinds or anything in that first period or jumps or anything to really exert my body.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: then it, it sort of becomes like this layered thing that eventually my body is loose and warmed up that I can start to sort of play with things Whereas, right. like, Yeah. So like I don't know. Do you have that kind of thing for yourself?
0: Well, if I have time, that's a really smart approach. Yeah, that's that's a really smart approach. Is to is to start with just rolling around, not pushing yourself too hard, and slowly like get to a point where you're really comfortable and doing tricks feels more natural. Mm. Usually, with my sessions these days are like a very limited time constraint so maybe i'll have a half hour to 40 minutes to skate so there isn't a lot there isn't really time to ease into it so it's it's usually like pretty much start start filming things about five minutes into the session (laughs) which is which is not ideal um the way you're describing it is i think obviously more realistic and, and the ideal for warming up your body. Um, but in my, in my case, me and Joey, there's like a rush involved you, there's such limited time and like, we want to film a whole bunch. So we usually we'll start filming like five minutes in, which, which can be actually good to kind of just force yourself to just jump in the deep end, like right away. Sure. Um, and you know, we're we're obviously we're not hocking ourselves. We're not doing super crazy things. Um, that would be really stupid. Um, but usually we're starting to film before we're really comfortable.
1: (laughs) I, I, I actually like obviously haven't been in the presence of witnessing how you film, but just from the both of you describing it, um, it's, I love really like the way that you film because you're very playful and back and forth kind of with it. It's yeah. less a very sort of like um structured kind of thing of like, all right, now I'm going to film and it's kind of almost a bit sort of like director talent action kind of thing, you, you right, know? Like right. I feel like it, it seems like maybe it's born out of the sort of necessity of how you have a limited amount of time or whatever that you sort of like... I feel like you've also described in the past like about how you'll only take a certain amount of tries and if it's like taking too long, you just move on to something else and like even considering that is like, is an interesting thing too.
0: Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely something about just filming a lot. Hmm. As a, like, I think people can get too hung up on like, I need to do something really good. But it needs to be like film worthy. You know that sure, sure. that, yeah, that, that good, expression. Yep. Yeah. Um. Uh, we don't really have that. We'll just film like anything. Just just do like a whole bunch of stuff, and I think uh, magic can come out of that. Like in any discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Whether it's artwork or skating or you know music, uh. Just getting in the habit of just doing a lot of shit yes and not being so precious with it like uh like not thinking this needs to be perfect this needs to be awesome just just do it
1: I think like um you know and and you're describing you know other artistic disciplines that have this approach too I was just thinking like I've long thought this I sometimes wish like I just could have someone um film me almost like perhaps just for a day because like i find sometimes the best skating that i do or that i f- it's not even in regards to like let's say how you want to uh, describe the level of tricks or how that amount of satisfaction it comes from more of the personal satisfaction how it feels is like usually when i'm skating and i'm not conscious of it being filmed and i'm just getting into the the vibe of whatever that moment is it's usually where it's the most fun like i described to you but like with the boshy pope skate off just recently the most fun that I've had and I've had it in similar sort of skating event situations is like at some period where it might be just like a session is going on and you're vibing with like a a number of people and you're not worried about like there's a filmer filming you or executing a specific trick The the trick might just be like something you've just thought of before and you play with it and you might move throughout like the space or whatever it is but I would love to have more of that almost like documentary like a you know um a fly on the wall kind of like observer like documenting the because because I feel like that's when you 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 also look the best because you're less self-conscious and you're just like moving and that's what I was saying like I wish like there was someone who just filmed some more of that stuff at that like event because like I was really having a good time like later in the day when I had a really good skate with, with a bunch of people yeah and yeah I just think I know I'm I'm not the only person who must feel this way that like even when we're going to film a trick of being like oh yeah, i want to record this that we try to like um you know get outside of the of of the mindset of knowing that this is a documented recorded thing and Definitely. how to make it authentic and natural but
0: it's very difficult totally no i totally hear what you're saying it's it's almost like as soon as the camera comes on you lose something you lose like a certain spont spontaneity a certain freedom um, like when you're just vibing and you're not thinking about the fact that you're being filmed oftentimes that's yeah. when the best things happen yeah. so I totally I hear you totally like if you could just have someone just filming you all the time
1: <laughs> I also think like like so in more recent years and even just the past couple of months I've noticed this like I'd gone out skating you know a number of times like with friends it might be you know just at a skate park it could also be a street session but um sometimes there's always this idea of like you 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 feel like you you probably should get something filmed like maybe even even if it's just like um using an iphone and you're wanting to publish it like on social media right yeah um there's even there's even like i've just noticed a bunch of times i'm like oh yeah i'd like to get get a trick but i get so caught up with just sort of having fun and enjoying the experience that like i don't there's a hindsight you know like afterwards after the fact where i'm like ah probably should have stopped and recorded this or recorded that um but then it's also like ah, it doesn't matter like i had such a good time but it's this sort of trade-off where it's like there is an element you still need to be a bit more conscious of like taking that initiative like okay no like like i should do this and i should step in to like get that done but like um I don't know it's it's almost like it when when those sessions happen where i forget to like ask someone's like hey can you recall this or whatever it ends up feeling more kind of like how it used to be when i was younger first entering skating when they're absolutely the same as you no phones barely anyone had a video camera and that you just skated for the sake of it and if there was anything that went down it might have been more of like passed through word of mouth or something Right. right i feel like that's a totally different age and and i think yeah. about that with how you know the youth are coming through the world not only just in the skating cultures but like just how so much is like is is about the documentation or like the kind of the oh uh, it's almost like just a simulated experience everything is about the uh how it's going to appear right. through the recorded image rather right. than just like what is what is it just to like experience you know, something in the world without, you know, having your camera documenting it. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: It can almost, it like, affect- yeah, it totally alters the experience. It can mess with the experience of life and the experience of skating when you're overly focused on documenting it. Yes. Um, And that's coming from someone who loves to document, you know, the yeah. skating.
1: Totally. There's, yeah. there's a great... um I guess it's a it's a it's a piece of writing, perhaps an essay, um, which was written by Susan Sontag. Um, I think it's called "In Plato's Cave." I read it when I was in university. My photography teacher um, had us all read it, and it always stuck with me. Uh, I, I highly recommend anyone like looking it up and reading it if they're interested. But essentially, it was sort of just talking about what we're discussing about this whole idea of like experiences becoming or how the photographic medium became this thing where people were really about um, documenting things without experiencing it, that like you would go places and you would go there just to photograph it. Like you'd go to Niagara Falls as opposed to like be there to witness it with your eyes, but to then take the image to then record it for sharing it with other people, for instance, like when, when you returned home or whatever. And then it's like, you really just then start experiencing life through a lens as opposed to like through, you know, the lens of your eyes, right? And it right. does change and shape your experience. And I feel like it's it's even more relevant now, like this piece of writing, um, as, as as we get further and further like in, into a realm that's like so saturated by visual imagery and that the recorded media is like so much about like how we experience life for better or for worse. But um, yeah, anyone... I highly recommend reading it if you're fascinated by that kind that's of that's interesting uh, critical yeah thinking yeah. yeah
0: and it's interesting that we're we're discussing this while we're recording ourselves uh discuss yes. it um yeah absolutely but <laughs> back to your original point it would be interesting if um if everything was just recorded automatically and it was something that you could just forget about in the experience yeah. like there wasn't like a level of like press record, okay, now we're recording, uh, like yeah. bring out the camera, now it's being recorded. It's almost like if everything was just automatically being recorded, you could almost f- just forget about it and not be conscious of I it mean, and just live the experience and enjoy it. There's so many
1: layers to that, like just in, in the human experience though, isn't it? Like, you know, how, how we interact when we're um, talking to someone? let's say like obviously there's experience of through a device like this there's uh you know actual like physical person to person like communication there's if you write like there's so many very vari- variations of how you can communicate with people yet how you come across can be totally different in each one of those and how like some might you might find yourself way more comfortable in that than the other um it's uh, i don't know it's it's, sometimes i almost feel that like um i don't know how like i can't i just sometimes wonder about like authenticity in 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 anything in life then we're, when we're like um consciously always making uh decisions you know even if they are like immediate and and, and whatnot but just like um what there, there was a there was a thing i remember in my sister telling me about like she was studying philosophy and there was this idea of of that like there is no true selfless act or something. Uh like everything everything always usually has some means to is why like you cho- you choose to do this or do that. And maybe like some of the only the only other people may have thought of this way more. But like maybe say an example that I think her and my dad thought of at the time were that like someone saving a child's life in danger that it's an immediate response you're not thinking about the how that impacts you it's just like a sense of like a kind of like um uh, a survival mode kind of thing obviously for someone yeah. else but like you jump in and 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 that like it, yeah that's i don't know i just i think about that sometimes of just how much like um you're different in so many different scenarios with the different um relationships you have with different people and that like someone's idea of who you are is different to how you feel when you're just like at home by yourself or you know with your partner or you know with uh your co-workers I don't know it's there's never just like one sort of thing we're all made up of all these different things and and it's like uh yeah I, I just sometimes never never feel like well what is actually authentic
0: right yeah. well I gave up on the idea of like being yourself is kind of a silly concept, because like you said, you are so many different people, depending on the situation, depending on who you're surrounded with, who, what kind of, you know, situation it is, Mm -hmm. um, there is no yourself. It's not like you can just be yourself in any situation. Like you are a million different things Mm -hmm. all at once. You have a dark side, you have a joyful side, you have the skating Robbie, you have the Robbie that's just at home with nobody around, you have the Robbie, like there's a million different Robbies. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Um so I think yeah, sorry, continue. No. (laughs) Um like what does what does Robbie's life look like like outside of skating?
1: Yeah, well, I mean that's something to think about in relation to identity, um, you know. And I feel I feel like a lot of uh, rollerbladers probably have moments of this, but um, you know, we we are multifaceted people. Um, outside of rollerblading, I mean, I I have a lot of other interests, a lot of other like uh, artistic pursuits that, that that have like taken more interest in different points and periods of my life. You know, whether that's through design, whether that's through video and film, whether that's through fashion, um, you know, or even like cooking for myself, you know, or cooking for other people and throwing a dinner party. But like, I don't know, there's, there's, there's a lot of variations. Like, I just, I think kind of at the core of it, like outside of everything, I just hope, I just only, I suppose, really um, try to be the best version of myself as I can. And how that then impacts other people of just trying to be a good person, and therefore, like a good friend, you know, or a, a good family member, um, or a good, you know, representative for, um, for for role playing, you know, or or a good representative for um, expression in in life or, or something. Um, but I think, yeah, like I've, I don't know. It's interesting thinking about when you get to a stage where your life becomes sort of um, you end up on a bit of a public platform. And you right. sort of have to, sort of uh, your choice of how you uh, assume that role or not. And yeah, I do think that there is an element of like, I wonder like, oh, I'm intrigued of how people like perceive me, you know, and how people interact with me uh, and what they think of me. And it's always never a total picture of obviously like who I am. Right. Um, and I feel like all my closer friends like know me far more because of that, as as you do when you get to experience someone more deeply. Yeah. Um but, like, I, the one thing that I, I will I say is that, like, I never, um, like, disregard or think less of any sort of variation of, like, different levels of interaction or friendships because I do think that, like, everything has, like, an element of context and sometimes that they all have their sort of significance and levels of you can appreciate them for what they bring to your life. could right. be someone that you basically have... It might be circumstantial friendship, so it could be someone that you just work with, and that may have you know could be just from like a certain amount of hours during the day that you spend with them, and then outside of the outside of the context of work, you don't really see them. But whatever you get during that time actually might be really valuable, uh, and, and it might you know really invigorate your like daily experience. Definitely, uh, you know, perhaps if you met them like you know at the football game or uh, you know in the supermarket you it might just be like, hey, what's up? Like, but you probably don't share anything far greater than that. But that's like okay. And right. then there's other people you know that like maybe you don't see them that often, but you have such a close, intimate connection with them, and they might you might consider them you know one of your closest dear friends. But you only see them like I don't know once a few years or something. But every time right. you see them, it almost feels like you just catch up uh, where you're left off, and then it's non circumstantial sort of connection. Uh, and there's sort of something deeper that you can sort of like connect with. Um, I do think there's something amazing about rollerblading, and I was just talking about it with my housemate um, about how we can sort of travel throughout the world um, and probably connect with people in whatever you know city and country we sort of end up end up in. And there's sort of an amazing thing about how very open rollerbladers are to welcoming one another, even if you don't know too much about one another. It's just almost some down to that unspoken bond of just that you do this other thing that you both appreciate. And then also for the longest time it has been a very you know sort of subcultural thing that there's this care and, and nurturing you want to uh, extend to each other. And so I don't know, it's kind of like a, a special thing in that way. So I don't know, I I think to get like I suppose back to the beginning of it, there's like so many variations of like who we are. Um, but I'm always just grateful to 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 try to be the best person I can in any one of those like uh, scenarios, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you were recently in New York.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah For the for the Boshi Pope, how long were you there?
1: Uh, I think I was there total. Might have been like just five days. I think it was five or six yeah. days. Um, it was did so you, great. I hadn't. Did been you there. stay with someone? Yeah, I stayed with John Jenkins. Okay. um if uh I,
0: I know you're friends with john you've spent <laughs> some time in
1: Arizona with him yes with x yes
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah john man i, I like John it, a lot. It, it's been years
1: yeah. yeah he's he he's a great guy he's a great yeah. guy we became really good friends over the past um few years and uh yeah he's a dear friend he's actually coming uh out to la and staying with me um next week so yeah it's nice. gonna be good but um yeah i stayed with him and It was, it was awesome. I mean, there's something about New York city. That's uh, just so electric. And every time I go there, I just feel this energy that I like, like I almost always want to move there every time I go there, which is, you never know. It could be a possibility. something I do sometimes entertain, but um, I think also just like, obviously outside of rollerblading, but rollerblading in that city is definitely unlike any other experience. It feels kind of almost so true to the roots of of skating. Like when I think of like the origins of roll betting, I almost think of two sort of imagery. I think of um, beachside, uh, beachside, uh, you know, Cal- like Southern California Venice Beach, uh, that kind of like style of skating, sun drenched, everyone happy, having a good time, yeah. soaking in the rays and then the <laughs> complete opposite of 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 um you know true street skating of of new york of being like engulfed by buildings and grit and concrete and fast motion and you know cars and pedestrians and traffic and like they're kind of i feel like both of the sort of core imagery i think of like of skating that i um i think about from the origins uh i've never really been like one that's gravitated towards like the beach. And I think it's perhaps because of where I just grew up, but uh, like city urban environments have always been the one that I've like loved. And when I first started skating, I lived in a re- remote part of Australia that was like tropical, you know, and it was a small town and there's no, there was nothing in, like the closest thing to something like New York would be Melbourne, which I eventually like moved to. But like, I always longed for like that, that lifestyle and that kind of, um, at least in skating just like i admired that environment so every time i go there i just get so hyped and everyone there was is so friendly and um yeah it's a beautiful place have you have you spent any time there
0: never been to new york no i
1: would love to see you there yeah I'm sure you'd have
0: a i yeah, could see i could see a
1: whole i could see a whole like wizard trip oh man you know, like
0: that'd be so much it'd be fun. great
1: you know yeah mike torres being there obviously like i mean i know leon's been there a number of times yep. so like who knows i feel like it'd be a great thing for you and joey to like to go there
0: definitely kind of
1: cool. similar you know like yeah i mean vancouver is very like big city and particularly downtown vancouver has like a, a city feel
0: yeah and you can
1: see that in, in in your older videos when you've like skated in session there like definitely a different skating in, uh, environment than like when you're skating at home in chem loops so I would imagine, like it's sort of it has probably like something shared in that how, what well, you've grown up skating, kind of similar to when I first started when I lived in Palmerston, you know. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I love I the energy of skating in a big city. Yeah, it's, it's just exciting. I mean, and... you, you
1: were you were in Vancouver not too too long ago. I mean, it was like early in the year, wasn't it? Yeah, film that thing, Danny?
0: Yeah, in the spring, I was there for yeah. a couple of days. Yeah. yeah, had such a good yeah. time. Yeah,
1: oh, I bet. almost feel like you i like i'm sure you wish you could go there more
0: yeah definitely yeah it's so much fun there's so much to skate and Mm -hmm. uh obviously the people
1: question for you is because someone just recently asked me about this as well um actually it was chase rushing yeah (laughs) he asked me what like if i have a favorite skate spot kind of thing or place to skate Uh, and i was saying for me like downtown la is one of my favorites because it's it's the closest to that sort of like city environment where you can just like pull up and get out of the car and leave your car and just skate around and find things. But like, I was going to ask, like, do you enjoy sort of um, less destination skating and sort of just like uh, being left to roam and finding things in an environment, as opposed to like knowing you want to skate something like what's that kind of variation of your choice when, you know, you're wanting to have a, a street skate, obviously outside of a skate park
0: yeah yeah i love being able to just focus at at one place and mm. and like extract all the all the possibilities out of one place um as opposed as opposed to being rushed and trying to hit like a whole bunch of things it's sure. it's it's nice to just to just focus on one place
1: What do you think you enjoy most about that? Like, why why do you think like that approach works like better for you as opposed to like others? I think
0: I just, the best, the the most enjoyable sessions for me are when I can just really, like I said, extract all the possibilities from a place, just really focus on something pretty simple Mm -hmm. um, and move my body in just uh, many, many different ways on a simple object Um, and that can sometimes like even just flat ground, even just the most simple of spots can be the most enjoyable because I'm not, I'm not constrained by an object by trying to like master an object. It's more just freedom and possibilities. So the most enjoyable sessions I've ever had have been like on a little curb or like something Mm. simple. Because the more simple an object is, the, the more variety there is in terms of body movement that yep. you can do on it. And it's not, it's, not, it's, it's not pre-composed. Like if you have like a, a rail or like a, a launch, there's like certain moves that you're kind of called to on that object. Yep. Um, and you can stray from it a little bit, but there's constraints. Like you have to jump a certain height you have to slide okay. a certain distance you know what i mean like yep, yep. i just love it when when it's you... like a ride isn't it yeah it is like a ride and there's a path that you go on the ride yeah. um there's a certain admission that you have to pay whereas the yeah. the you can be your own ride it's almost like the difference between a treadmill and mm. and no piece of equipment at all so like on a treadmill you have to walk the the speed that the treadmill is taking you yep. if you go on just no equipment you can do jumping jacks you can do body squats you can do high knees like it's infinite how you can move your body in that simple space as opposed to a piece of equipment
1: also if you're just uh taking the running, you're actually like moving distance, to, right? You, you know, like you, you could end up in a completely different environment, for instance, like right. if, if you're willing to run the distance. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Or you could run in a circle and not actually go anywhere or, you know, so I, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I like simplicity. Obviously I like, you know, exploring different objects in skating. It feels um, very
1: uh, like you know if, if I think about you know the 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 last number of videos that like you and Joey have made, it seems very much like that. almost like the the idea of like focusing on a spot, like it comes down to probably a couple of things of like all, all you've just described, but also probably some time constraints. And I can see how like it, using something almost very um, minimal in its structures then becomes less about it as the as as the obstacle, but more about like how you can play with it and you can do whilst using this, this, this space. Like I think about like how you both use just some of those curbs that you frequently skate, or even the, those um rounded sort of parking blocks or just like, yeah, um, you know, there, there are these static things, but then you're able to move and create your own forms within that space where, whereas like, yeah, I suppose like, as I was saying, like doing, doing a handrail, it's very fun and exhilarating, but it is kind of like what you then apply to the handrail, uh, as 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 there's this X amount of like possibilities of like pre-described tricks. Right. Obviously, the variation, like you said, outside of it, but it is very much like a um, a confined sort of experience. Yeah, and that uh, that's why it's always sort of felt like, like I love skating handrails. I haven't done it in a while, but I, I've you know grew up doing it, so I, I do enjoy that thrill of doing it and the satisfaction. But it yeah. is a very linear kind of um, process, too. And it also doesn't involve a lot of skating,
0: right. which is <laughs> the
1: interesting thing when you think about it, of how, like, roll betting got very focused on grinding, that, like, um, the uh, handrail is almost like the, the quintessential thing that takes away, removes any real aspect of, like, what the true essence of roll betting actually is. Right. You are really get very far away from it, and and it's, like, that's why sometimes like when i think about you know certain eras, um maybe like the early 2000s or mid-2000s like of certain styles that like skating felt a very much like a a, a wheeled version of soap shoes yeah um, for, for better or for worse because i you know still appreciated the technicality and, and, and the amazing skill of like watching someone do also because when you started skating like you People only were like doing variations that when you saw someone do a true spin, it was like wow, that was felt revolutionary. Yeah. And then eventually, by 2005, you're seeing people spinning 360 true spin into a topside variation, and then and then maybe even switching up in the middle and then 360ing out. Yeah. So there was also this element where that was blowing your mind because you knew how far it had come. Yeah, but when you're thinking of it critically, like obviously later, there was one of those things I thought about. It's like yeah, that's actually. It's actually like very removed from the rolling aspect of skating itself, which was what you think is actually the core of what we do. And it's been really fascinating to see the rolling aspect be so much more embraced and just a part of like the regular landscape again. Cause yeah. it was so vacant for so long. Oh my god. And I think yeah. that's why someone like Dominic Sigona was like amazing to watch or Brandon Smith, because like they were so focused on lines you know right. and John Jacobs like loves He he's told me the story how like when he was filming Dominic for the M1 video like Dominic would start from like the other side of a, of a parking lot and just you know stride and just like he'd build up this energy and this feeling and then he'd go into a big top talk salt on like a big ledger or something right but for him it's like everything from his, the moment he started back there is a part of the whole motion and even um so like that's where I feel like people like as I said Dominic and Brandon like their their skating stood out so much because like you would see so much more of their skating in between the actual technical aspects of the tricks itself and I always feel like the skating itself really speaks to one's style of how you move on your skates outside of the um you know, because again, it's mostly about these posed positions. And right. even within that, there's variation of star, which is fascinating to look at how everyone can do a soul grind. It could be so, there's so many variations of like, certain peoples are going to look totally different. That's like, that's incredible. But I still think like the actual, the way that you move on your skates really speaks to like uh, your own expression. I totally. think, you know, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, know, I know that you and Joey appreciate that too. For sure. oh for sure because I mean you both even play into it as well you know sometimes where it's just more natural and authentic sometimes you 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 know you're you're both like comedic where where, where you, you you'll do it as almost like this uh comedic gesture as like it's almost like just like you're having fun whilst doing it too but you're like doing it to the extreme to to kind of like um I don't know even to make jokes of it, but also like make some commentary. I'm not, I don't know, but it, but then at the same time, because you can't help but laugh, perhaps by doing it, so it's fun, right? Um, and isn't fun really just at the core of role playing? You know, like uh I think there's that element of like, like, like why can't fun be taken seriously? Right.
0: Sometimes the you know the best the best moments or the best sections are when you can really feel that the person is having, just having a lot of fun and it's contagious. Yeah. That can be the most enjoyable to watch. So for you, is skating always fun for you? Or do you have moments where it's not fun? In more recent years, it's generally been more fun,
1: but I, I always try to be honest, particularly when just talking publicly that like I don't think skating is always a um a fun experience it definitely can uh be a variation of of of, uh, an emotional experience and particularly I think when you get to the point of like if you're wanting to film things and how you want to push that yeah there's 100% been moments where it hasn't been fun um but like any sort of like um you know task you undertake or or conquest or whatever like sometimes like the the just because it's not fun doesn't mean that it's not fulfilling or satisfying so there's a variation because sometimes you do have to endure um, some elements of hardship and pain in order to feel satisfaction and and fulfillment or or even enjoyment as opposed to having fun enjoyment and fun can be tied but not always and I think that's the thing like I've always still had enjoyment even in the times where uh something has been frustrating right. to to accomplish um I also find like the way I've moved in skating to the more like recent years like right now is that like I do think the way I choose to skate is almost a bit of a reflection of that because like I feel like I've done enough certain things where I don't like to get tied up in the specifics of things and I'm almost more trying to ha- have a an expressionistic experience as opposed to like these specific go from here to here or these grind movements or whatever like um and i'm not doing it a certain way like sometimes it just gets too it gets too bogged down in that Uh, but i'm already sort of happy with like i guess the exploration i've done in that or even the cataloging of it in, in video parts but like skating now i'm more like i i just i that's why i was saying like how if you were just to like film me as opposed to like all right we're recording now it just like I feel like those are the times where I actually do feel like kind of more fun where I'm like bopping around here and like just throwing a little front side or something and then like doing you know like a, a 540 like pivot on the ground and a little seslite thing there like because I'm catching all the like the moments and that all that like that actually generally does feel kind of fun the interesting thing like I thought about this kind of rich like recently is that like a lot of skating requires a lot of focus and a lot of like conventional skating that we've both grown up in in the aggressive skating world requires a lot of focus and a lot of attention. And when you sort of look at skaters when they're doing that, a lot of times people's focus is so like, and you could think like, oh, they, they actually kind of look angry or whatnot. And I don't necessarily think that that's like a true, um, like their facial expressions is not like a true uh, indicator of actually like, their emotion i just think it's a byproduct of their focus so the fascinating thing is when you see someone accomplish something and come out of it and they're like and then they catch the camera and they're like <laughs> you know and then they break that moment that the focus becomes so linear to like the, the thing that like everything else becomes you know um blurred and it just becomes about that one task and then all of a sudden you've done it and then you're free to like break from it and then that's that's what sometimes where i feel like i wish more people like it's, I see it more now, but like filming to those moments when you see someone break out and they smile because it's like, you know, that they it might have looked like very serious and whatnot during the time of whatever they're doing, the trick is, but like they're still feeling a sense of enjoyment uh, from it. And usually that breaking of the, you know, the expression of the smile shows that like, oh yeah, that, that is still fun. I don't think yeah. you have to skate around with a smile to still have fun. And that's why I'm always fascinated by how, like when, because I feel like I'm usually quite focused sometimes in the face, when I'm doing certain stuff, and and but still, people will say to me like, "Oh, your skating is so fun." And so sometimes, when I've like filmed a section or something, like not everything in it, as I said, it hasn't been fun, like not a lot of smiles in the tricks, but like the the it's always very enjoyable and a fulfilling experience. So I'm always fascinated like what people see in what I do is being fun. Like I'm just happy that like people are inspired in a joyful way to be like, oh, that's fun. That's, I I want to try something like I'm inspired from that. So yeah, I've thought about that kind of a lot.
0: Right. And there's definitely deeper levels of enjoyment, I think, than fun, like, like, feeling really confident, and feeling really free and feeling Mm. motivated. I think those things are a lot more important than fun um, because like you said, something like something can be hard and something can be difficult. And, but like, if, if it means a lot to you, I guess, meaning I think is, is more important than fun. Mm. When you feel that intrinsic sense of like, like this means something to me, or I think something that, that, can ruin the experience of skating for me is is being overly self-critical and when i'm when i get in that headspace of like oh i'm no good i'm not good at, not as good as this guy uh you start comparing yourself oh i can't do that trick like that guy um do you ever experience that when you're skating like being self-critical
1: uh used to be way more but I think that's just like how I was as a person. Um, I, yeah, I think just, uh, I think I was always comparing myself to other people and never feeling equal, or never feeling yeah. valid. Uh, that everyone else was always the example I wish to attain to be like or whatnot. And obviously yeah. as I grew up to be an adult and explored myself through my expression, um, there, there's just some sort of like, I don't think you can call it like it was just a moment, but eventually I sort of have, uh, I could look back and be like, oh, I've come a long way. And it's, and it's to do with the sense of confidence that like, you no, know, like what I'm choosing to do feels just what I want to do. And I kind of um, think when I relinquished that, like, comparative uh, way of thinking or expectation or anything but that was where i felt like the most free and the most confident in in my skate because it just then became about what i wanted to do and how i wanted to feel and not having to endure feelings that felt like it was forced because of uh, other people's expectation or how i would think that they might think of me it's like one of the best things for me is just wearing clothes and dressing up like, I love it. It's so, I just find it so fun, particularly when I put together an outfit that like feels great, you know, like, and it could be as, it could be very varying, but like, I love just like going out into the world. And there is that element of confidence that I do it with, like, it doesn't matter what like someone else thinks or if they're going to stare or whatnot, I've I'd kind of like grown to the point where I have, I learned just to sort of like be kind of um put everything else in the peripheral and then you're just sort of like doing your thing and, and and going about the world um and I think like with that uh way of like way of thinking it sort of helped me become more um just confident kind of like in everything um I don't know I think like I, I do think that that's that the hardest thing of like comparative thinking definitely can hold a lot of people back um but i do i do think like i i i think you also do have to like try and fail and 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 just push yourself beyond you know what is com- comfortable and being a bit vulnerable with you, with yourself and then also be vulnerable in your existing in spaces with other people could be other people in role dating i remember that one of the first times you know when i was like 18 I think it was like and I was wearing like skin tight jeans you know in 2005 and most of my role betting friends didn't and I and most of my most of my role betting friends knew me for wearing baggy pants yeah. making that choice I felt very uncomfortable not for me like I felt like this is what I wanted to do but there's an element because I wasn't familiar with it that it's kind of uncomfortable and then you're doing that in a space where people aren't used to you and you know they're also like bunch of young boys you have to sort of like you have to take that chance and learn to accept whatever sort of comes with you and not be dissuaded to be like, like if you don't try it you don't really have any kind of um um like variation of like perspective right you're only thinking of it one way and i think like unless you try something you 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 won't you won't be able to like reinforce what you actually do like you won't be able to like potentially expand what what your uh, ideas of yourself could be or what you enjoy or you know and i think with maybe we had a touch on it in the sense of what we're saying how like uh this idea of being yourself i've thought about it a lot in the past like a year or so and this idea of people being like it's like kind of like a disparaging remark of being like oh they should just be themselves Like, like quit doing that. Just be yourself or people are even positively. Oh, you need to just be yourself because I don't think there is any real sense of what self is. I think, I think, you know, we we're we're constantly, I think if you're open to it, you're constantly an evolving thing, an evolving being. And I don't think anything is like, oh, that's your true self. You might find something that you feel very comfortable and it feels very expressive of who you are and who you want to be. And you may end up staying like that. And that's great, but I do think it's not, it's more nuanced than that. And I think like, I'm always most open to like just seeing what's more possible than variations of myself, of, um, of, of, of anything in life. Cause I, I, you know, I've tried stuff in recent years that sort of feel I've been intrigued by or curiosity. And I feel like if I didn't give it a shot, I have no sort of frame of reference. It's like, Oh, is that is for me. You're only left in, in this, in this situation of wonder. And that doesn't do anything for you. Like you end up um, this, what was it? It was like a, it was like Matthew McConaughey or something. I, there was a quote I remember like hearing him say is like, if you give something your all, you at least know what the two outcomes are. Like if you gave something your all and it didn't quite go through, you know, you gave it your all. But right. if you're going to give yourself halfway of of trying something, you end up like always knowing you could have tried more. So I feel like if you never just take that step of like, being vulnerable to try something you don't know it's only just like um it's all hypothetical and what you think it could be and most often okay. i think with it most things in life things are never quite what you think they are when you do them anyway
0: right yeah. so true i'm a strong believer in experimentation i think you need yeah. to be your own scientist and experiment with things try, yes. try something I on think
1: also that just i like i also think that doesn't need to be that you have to do something that challenges like a status quo or like convention. Right. Like, like to be, to, to be, you know, um, to be, to explore and be expressive or, or experiment what I mean, like you don't have to do something that's weird no, or that's going to shock someone, you know, like you don't have to dress like as outrageous as I do. That's just the way I've grown to explore and like it, but it could be something that's almost like, within it doesn't have to be something that's like a a physical sense of expression right you know yeah like it does, doesn't I just meaning that it doesn't have to sometimes i feel like people think that like to 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 be explorative is like you have to be like weird and eccentric and i don't think that, yeah. that that's the case
0: yeah it doesn't and, need and, to be and, extreme and continue
1: with what you're saying cuz i feel like that touches on that
0: yeah you can do it in very subtle ways you know yep. if yep. you've labeled yourself as shy you could you could just go you know start up a little conversation with the girl at starbucks it doesn't need to be you don't need to be super eccentric or anything you can just kind of push yourself in subtle ways and and kind of challenge your your ideas of yourself and what you are yeah I don't th- like I, I I think it's unhealthy for people to to label themselves too much or as I am this way. I am, you know, um I am, you know, shy or I am an introvert. I am an yeah. extrovert. It's like you no, know, you've had some experiences in your life where, you know, it, that made you feel introverted, but there's an extrovert inside of you it just would take the right motivation and the right situation to bring that out of you. Um, any of those, you know, personality labels, I think, you know, it, just limit people. And it's good to to push against it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I love that. That's like so beautifully said. I think that's and so true.
0: I want to say something like, there's something really inspiring about, about you. I think it's it's that you've, you've really gone a a long way on your own path, you know, and going back to comparing yourself. um, I don't think you would have gone on that path if you were comparing yourself a lot because you would have been trying to keep up with the status quo. And you've, you know, instead of like trying to win this race, you just went this way. and. And that's really inspiring, and it's something that's rare. Not many people do that because they get caught up in in keeping up or or getting ahead, and they don't recognize that there's just there's another path that that, that they could go down and they could compete with themselves and they could try to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. They don't need to learn all these other skills, especially in role building, where there really is no goal, you know we're not trying to win a game we're not trying to win a fight we're not trying to defeat someone so the the goals can be really what we can make our own goals yeah you know which is obvious but most people don't embrace that um and it's in any discipline that you that you take on like you don't need to learn all the skills that other people have you can generate your own skills and generate your own path And you'll end up in in a place that those people you know won't yes yeah
1: i think yeah i've uh, one of the things i've always like thought about within rollerblading is how um you know it's it's also a very like wide um a widely diverse discipline too like you know something that speed skating does have you know, a goal to it, and it's and it and it's a it's a start and finish, uh, and it's and it's more like quantifiable and it can be more um, competitive, in its structure and whatnot, right? Um, but like, what we've sort of fallen into, you know, in in in, quote unquote aggressive skating, um, I've never really connected with the competitive side of it. I've like entertained it, and I've like done it but i've i've never mostly sort of connected with it kind of spiritually um and i've always looked i've later you know thought of like if you had to sort of surmise the the skating experience in the culture that we're in is this is generally sort of two frames of mind as as a generalization there is people who are going to look at it through the competitive lens and there's people who are going to look at it through the artistic lens and the competitive lens is they're going to look at it through a hierarchy of like, this trick will equate to this. And, you know, from what we know of, it, that's like more difficult and that's harder, you know, and it, it all equates to goal and, and a, a system of, of hierarchy. And that's how like perhaps that that style of skating tends to be like works best for for competition, maybe. Um, but then like the other side, but the artistic side is that, that there are people who are like more concerned with expression and 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 style. And that that becomes it doesn't matter like what um, it's not really like what you can do it's what you choose to do and what you're saying through your choices and that like I said earlier I said there could be a many different ways that someone like does a soul grind but you might gravitate towards someone else and it's like you can't you can't you can't save that someone else to do that style of soul grind because it comes um, more, internally from someone's like built up experience and you see it from a super early age that mostly a lot of people uh develop these like moments of expression very early on and they just develop through confidence over the years of skating but like everyone has their own unique mark and often competition doesn't care for that or or by definition it doesn't allow for it to be uh to blossom Because like how do you how do you how do you like uh quantify and um you know calculate in a system of of, of of a competitive lens of um of a subjectivity of 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 expression you know like i just never understood how like there are like painting uh competitions and stuff it doesn't really kind of make sense yeah. um and i think that's sort of the thing like w- when i got to a point where i realized like oh no i'm really it's really about someone's expression that like i'm drawn to in skating it's not because they can do this certain stuff like it's a it's a concept like i i, I realize it very early on but all the skaters that i mostly like um were, were, were also mostly people who were sort of like on a um cult-like amateur level of skating you know like there's something about like obviously the people who get to the, get to a top of something tend to be the ones that can like combine the two that have the expression but also have the skill and that's right. a very you know sport role betting specific kind of um thing that it has but it is one of those things that like um yeah i was always mostly gravitated towards people for what they did and it was less about exactly the, the what they could do skill wise right it's like how they're choosing to do it you know um like what we what were you kind of like drawn to in terms of like were you similarly with 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 people in their in their choices
0: yeah def. i was always drawn to like the t bone films that you know i was more so than the vg films because i felt like the t bone films were like a lot more about the personality of the people like um it just felt more a lot more you know Express, expressive and yeah i was always drawn to you know people that their personality came through in their skating you yeah. know it didn't really matter what tricks they were doing sure. every the things they did i don't know you you felt like an emotion towards it yep. you know um you yeah i've always when... been i've always been more interested in like unique styles um
1: how would you how would you comment on on people because i feel like just thinking about it in a sense of um very boisterous um you know loud personalities like definitely stand out and they're charismatic and 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 they were filled filled the early generation of roll baiting but then then there are certainly these these um incredible skaters who like had so much influence but their personality was very mild and you didn't see a lot of them and I wonder how you connect like I'm thinking more specifically someone like Dustin Latimer I've never met Dustin but just like he seems like a wonderful person but he also seems very like kind of more quiet and he didn't seem as like loud in videos you know that but his like choice of what he did everything in skating came through and it might even just be a little look to the camera he would make that you sort of saw some glimpse and it's like i think it's great when you see the variation of personalities of skating even to to that where they're not loud or maybe they're more like subdued and, or, or quiet and um and that people also need to connect with there's those type of people who need to see variations of, of themselves like that personality too right like as in yeah it's um i don't know like did did you like because how how did you feel like growing up like was was were you were you more drawn to certain people who were more like boisterous because you you seem like someone who's always been very confident and you've come across in all of you know your videos as someone who loves to be performative and to talk and to have fun and 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 i wonder is like is that like uh where was all that instinct kind of like coming from? Is it just coming from you? Is it like, do you like, to, did you just like to be, you know, like, do you like being the center of attention in, in that way in those those times of your life? Or, you know, or is um, you know what I mean? Like, where did the instincts of, of all that sort of like come from? And does that like do you think about with the with the skaters that influence you? Did that influence you in your development as a person as you were growing up as a teenager into, you know, being an adult?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. In my younger days, I was definitely, I liked to be the center of attention. Um, I was, a I was into drama, you know, I liked acting, I liked, you know, performing. Um, When I was in the eighth grade, which in Canada, eighth grade is like the first year of high school. And uh, I dressed up like TLC. The band um, TLC yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sang Waterfalls. Yeah. Wow. In yeah. front of the whole school. Yeah. Um, which was extremely like weird and almost like, you know, committing social suicide was like dressing up like a girl and singing in front of the whole school. Um right. Right. But I I've always enjoyed, you know, performing and doing that. And I was drawn to like the loudmouth skaters like Brian Smith and uh like josh petty and those like those big funny personalities and in my younger days i definitely was like that i was definitely very out there and very loud and weird and um but and i i still have that aspect of my personality for sure there's still a part of me who i like doing weird things i like being loud at times but often I'm a lot more quiet and a lot more introverted yeah. um but that's but that's so emblematic of what you were just talking about, right Remember you said that
1: like without these labels that give someone like there's probably a lot of people that labeled you as being an extrovert, but right you also uh, inhabit introverted qualities too, yeah, and, and maybe as you've gotten older, those have become ones who you've embraced more,
0: perhaps. Yeah. I've always enjoyed being by myself. Like I love being alone. Yeah. Um. And, and, and I don't like, I don't really go out. Like, I don't like, I don't go to parties really. <laughs> I go to bed early. You know, I'm a pretty boring person. Uh, skating is my way of like having adventure and, yeah. and, being uh like having fun in life is is through skating like I'm not I don't have like a lot of friends um you know how has
1: family like changed that for you
0: it's been amazing because um like I have my clan you know I don't really have to go out to be social I can just you know be around uh my kids and my wife and and like that's enough uh socializing for me. Obviously yeah. I have my, my people at work, like our, I, I love socializing with them. So I get an, I, I definitely get it between work and family. I get enough socializing. I don't feel like I need to like go out on top of that. Mm. And then, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm content.
1: That's great. That's a yeah. great, like, um, realization to have in one's life. Right?
0: Yeah. Hmm. yeah
1: i think uh i'm curious whether like you know because i guess you and joey probably had a a a bit less of the sort of um traveling experiences maybe other other people have but you've definitely been to other areas of the world and cities and stuff and i'm curious how you know your like provincialism of where you like i mean also like for one i'm sure canadian skaters could talk on this like at a greater length but it's also like you're even within a smaller thing too like being from Kamloops, like <laughs> the same thing as like being from st john's you know like as, yeah. as danny colin and stewart and stuff and but like i kind of wonder i'm curious to know like how when, when you went to these other places like ha, did you connect with other skaters in the same way like have you sort of had do you have any sort of lasting friendships that went from, like, maybe, the, I, know, I know you both went to, like, Amsterdam, for instance, right? Like, you were around that IYTA. Like, did you, like, meet other skaters during that time? Like, or, like, were you sort of more just observers and you kept to yourself? Like, yeah, curious how, like, the outside mixing with different skaters has, like, uh, whether it's something that worked for you or you didn't reconnect with it or whatnot, you know? Because I will say this, you've both, yeah. you've both been a great example of just being beautifully content with 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 yourselves in a smaller group of 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 people and knowing that like you can have such a fulfilling experience within that and then also influence and have a greater you know positive um influence on on the culture at the same time you know well yeah
0: definitely like you can do so much just from your from your town you know with your little crew you can influence the whole rollerblading world Um, I've always looked at travel as, as a luxury and not really a necessity. Like it it would be something that's fun, but it's not something that we need to do in order to, you know, push things forward or, or develop. Um, There's so much that we can do just from our, from our home, but I've had great experiences like uh, being, I love being around others, other skaters. I love skating with new people Um, you know, during that time in Amsterdam, uh, we kind of like the, the IMYTA was going on and it wasn't really our jam. We kind of just like fucked around and went street skating while the comp was happening. Like the comp was going down on this big, crazy drop rail and we were off skating a little curb. Um, and we kind of, within that, we found our crew, like Ollie Short came and, and skated with us and, uh, we had a great time with him. Um, so I've, I've had no problem connecting with, with people. Um, like when I went to, uh, Arizona skating with, uh, X and Damian Wilson and like, that was amazing. That was so much fun. Um, I love, you know, being around other skaters. I think our Our journey in skating has been unique because we did come from a a really shitty little town and like we we have a beautiful skate park now but back in the day we we did not have any skate park or half pipe or anything like that like for the first three or four years of our skating experience it was just like in a parking lot like it was extremely simple in terms of the objects that we were skating and I think that uh, that lives on in our skating, that kind of spirit of like skating shitty mm-hmm. spots yep. uh, is still really important to us. And it's important for us, I think for me personally, to like, cause a lot of people don't have access to like beautiful skate parks or, you know, good street spots. There's a lot yeah. of kids skating in, Towns like Kamloops were, uh, they don't have a lot of options like that. And it's important to inspire them. And it's important to set an example. Like you don't need to have a big city. You don't need to be yeah. from New York or LA. You don't need to have a beautiful skate park. You can have a great experience of skating anywhere.
1: Yeah. I've, I, I've, I'm curious whether you had a similar experience, but like as I got older, in the enrolled I I always found it. Uh, interesting and I know I was victim to this when I was younger you know even a teenager uh, and perhaps it would even be still in my early 20s but like there was a thing where like to go skating was to actually go to an obstacle like I had if I was go skating like it had to involve like yeah maybe I would if it was casual I'd just go to the skate park or or I'd have to go to a ledge and there's still people I know who is that same experience like they'll only go skating if it then involves like to do tricks whereas like some of my most you know, like fun experiences just on skates like that I've been doing kind of recently is just like, I might be even at, it actually has been mostly at night, like 10 p.m. for instance. I put my skates on and then I'll just skate out of the door and I'll probably, you know, maybe skate like a round trip. It was like a, maybe two miles somewhere. And it's, you know, it's a very sort of like neighborhoody, then sort of densely uh city kind of like area like where, where I'm like skating through and then I sort of get to an open area and I sort of might skate a curb for a second or just play around the flat, flat ground doing some stuff and then once I feel content with that then I'll skate back. But the skating, you know, like over all of the the cracks in the streets and the sidewalk because LA is obviously not not perfect environment in that way. And that's part of the charm and the fun. But like like I'll just I get so much fun just doing that as opposed to how, like, when I think of how I used to be, like, I, I can just also sometimes if I can't even do that, I'll go out on the driveway and I'll just skate like that. My driveway has a bit of a curved edges and I'll just like pump down that and do some fakey little calves. And I'll just pivot around doing five, you know, five forty swivels. And like, yeah. I really just have so much fun just even doing that. And it's a, this big shift and I'm so grateful that I've connected with skating in later years with that. And I like, I, I, I have so much more fulfillment out of like doing all of those things and being more freer with my body rather than having to exert like you know a trick on an obstacle, and that's where I always feel like the most fun I have is when I'm just like out playing and it could be like with no destination in my you know in my yeah. Room. But I know that's not everyone's skating. So if you don't mesh with that same thing, right. I can go somewhere where people, like, the, to be I'll be perfectly frank right now, is that like, it's been like this for a while, but I really, unless I feel inclined to try it at the moment, like it would be like, almost felt like a waste of my time if I were to go skate with a bunch of people trying to skate a flat rail. Yeah. You know, like or, you know, a, a handicapped mellow rail that's quite high or something. Like, I just, I feel like at this point when time is so much more limited that it's like, like, I'd rather than just talk to someone who's there. I wouldn't even try to skate because yeah. it's not what I connect with, and right. I feel like I'm, you know, just being maybe that's the thing of getting older, just being more honest with what you connect with in it, in, in whatever you do, and and be like, oh, it's nothing personal. It's just like that's just not what I want to do for for fun, and and for fun is so limited now that just like I'd rather just like avoid that.
0: You know, right. yeah. again, it's
1: nothing, nothing personal. Yeah,
0: no, I think a lot of people have that. Attitude now, like there's certain yeah, there's certain, definitely certain objects that I'm just not really interested in, yeah. in pursuing. I think you've, you're lucky because you did go through those eras in your skating where you were heavily focused on the object on the, the ledge or the rail. And now you're at a point where you, you have those skills kind of sitting in your back pocket and you can play with them and, you know, it doesn't require that kind of linear focus. You can, yeah. you can play more, but, but when it comes down to it, you got, you have a really nice top that you can, you can do, you have like all these skills in your muscle memory that you can kind of fall back on in a more playful manner, which yeah. is. Which is great you
1: know, Sorry, go sorry
0: i'm grateful for the times where i looked at skating in a more linear way and i developed like weird skills um where if i always had the attitude that i do now there's a lot of things i wouldn't be able to do
1: very true yeah, yeah. i think building that foundation has probably been very beneficial and it's like you, you wouldn't think like oh I'm very grateful to have done it, even though I probably didn't have as much choice. That's just what we we're doing at the time. But in yeah. hindsight, I feel similarly that way. Yeah, uh, I remember. Um, I was gonna say, like, uh, dear friend Cruz Sapstein, he once said said to me this. Uh, I think it was after Winter Clash or something. But he said to me, he's like, Robbie, I want to see you do more grinds. Like, I love <laughs> seeing you do grinds. Like, you do really good grinds. Um, but, you know, I think he's more just talking about like just just regular sort of basic grinds rather than like because yeah I think he also said like oh you know I love what you do with like combining this this and this and or or whatever you know but he's like I love just you know like seeing if you did a sweat stance or something just and I thought that was really lovely but it's that is that thing where it like comes I'm sure similar with you that like when you do that stuff like yeah it sort of takes you back to those moments when perhaps when you're younger like um, I kind of feel like that and it's I guess sometimes I do forget that like unless you've like known me for a long time and skated with me for a long time and know that i've had a traditional skating background too that like yeah there's there's a lot of sort of technical grind variations that i actually can do and, I, and i've done but like i don't necessarily feel inclined to do them that much like at a, i don't i don't want to just go to a ledge and just practice true souls and true markios and stuff like I, you know i used to do that a lot when i was 13 and i loved it and i still do it on the rare occasion it's fun but like yeah. it's just i'd rather just like feel the vibe of like front side on the whole thing or something you know and then move on to something else or it's like i get so less concerned with the specific of the actual grinding thing you know uh position these days right um or or then i just get more fascinated with like the specific position uh on no obstacle at all and it's just using the ground And, and and maybe it's just merged to that you know um but but yeah, it's, I don't, it's, it, it's, it's funny in that way. Cause I'm sure like you probably pull out some stuff on the occasion that you haven't done for ages and it channels like, you know, a part of yourself that you've forgotten about or something, you know,
0: definitely. You enjoy
1: it. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah <laughs> So do you, do you think there's like a, a, um well, I was, I was, I was going to ask like about like the the both of you in in, t- in terms of like I had this conversation once with Joey I think but talking about how like aggressive skating there was a period in like the early 2000s where I feel like it got really interestingly experimental. You know p- people like obviously think about these like glory days like and I always think about like feel like there's this era and I call it like the words era. Yeah that I feel like skating got extremely experimental and words was just like this like this like explosive, you know, uh thing that combined sure, lots of very like big hammer-esque skating. I mean, how could you not with like Aaron Feinberg? Um, but you know, it, there was so much explorative stuff obviously happening in that video that then trickled to all these other variations of skating. And but I feel like the big skating and the bigger and, and the exploring of like more stairs, bigger rails, transferring from this route to that and all that sort of stuff and bigger gaps took the lead. Whereas the explorative experimental stuff didn't, but it stayed around for a while. Like, I remember the first time when we saw uh, words and you saw like Dustin Latimer like hand plant through stuff, or like, you know, uh, then there was like cessliding stairs in that video and whatnot. Yeah. Like, we immediately went to like the city skate park after like the movie and we tried to like do that, like, you know, cesslide down some stairs. And, yeah. um, and people were like running up grass and kicking trees and, you saw that by all these other random people but it didn't last and I'm kind of curious like do you feel like that era was a really sort of like inspirational moment for for, for you and your crew and that like you sort of like kept going through that level of motivation so I feel like when I look at it the way you all skated particularly when like Cirque du Soleil like came about that it was uh Um, It it was almost like a continuation and a furthering of exploration of something that almost had sort of like dwindled off, but you were keeping it alive and then took it in your own direction. Like, was that a pivotal video for you all? Like,
0: Definitely. Yeah, that's a good description. Um, That, yeah, that Latimer words, both the sections had a huge impact on us. Huge, huge. Uh, Yeah, we were, you know, like you said, we were... SESS sliding stuff um you know dressing like latimer uh mm. wearing big baggy sweatpants and like sla- doing lots of cess slides hand plants yeah. um and then yeah we never stopped um we like yeah when that when that section came out there was a lot of hate towards obviously that section there was a lot of negative feedback and like you said, there were people that started experimenting a little bit, but it kind of fizzled out. Um, yeah. But we always were really into that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and we would, you know, there were things that came out after that, that we would gravitate, gravita- gravitate towards. There was, you know, unique sections um, mm. that we always, we were looking for that you know yep. we're looking for that one trick in that video, in the video that stood out as being yeah. like unique and and you're right that those the 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 big amplitude type skating overshadowed the creative stuff but yeah. for us we were always like looking for that for that gem mm-hmm. that unique you know movement yep yeah
1: yeah it's funny This is something i thought about like in more recent years particularly like you know when you end up watching like some of those videos from the early 2000s that like yeah there's some very fascinating uh creative skating going on there oh know? yeah and
0: a great joey like, put together a, a really good compilation like years ago
1: of... oh, oh yeah i still have on a hard drive it's a great yeah a great it's one.
0: so good because you know it was it's for, exactly it was what for what one magazine about. wasn't it yep yep yeah yeah it was it was like, yeah, it was basically an ode to all the mushroom blading that came mm-hmm. before us. And he, he he took exactly what I'm talking about, those those the rare clip in each video that was like super creative and he put yeah. it all in a compilation. It's so good.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. and there's even
1: like, I mean, like, I feel like that one definitely had a lot of really fascinating ones from the 90s too, yeah. which is like interesting. It's like even that was like, I suppose, experimental in a different way too.
0: Oh, Yeah yeah um, there's always been yeah. you know creative f- things going on. It's definitely nothing new. There's always been that that style of skating It's always existed
1: yeah no absolutely for sure I yes. guess just certain things always tend to like uh go in waves and whatnot. There's always going to be certain people that like um might be exploring it more than others you know yeah. at certain given times and whatnot.
0: Yeah. yeah I wanted to ask you about your necklace oh yeah yeah Which one? You, a cross. Oh, the cross the cross um yeah do you do you believe in God
1: uh I'm not religious no I I um I didn't grow up with like sort of uh any religious aspect in my family um and I know mean, my mom uh is she does believe in God and I know that she does um like she's she's Italian and so I know that like uh my my non or my or, like the Italian side they were Catholic so they certainly definitely believe in, in in God and have that religious faith uh my dad no my dad's always been very much more um you know I learned from my dad to really um don't don't essentially believe what you're told or what you you read like make up you know um educate yourself and find um something that that um resonates with you or that you identify with and then form essentially your own opinion on something and you know that might also you could be say like that's like forming your own religion you know and i think like religion certainly has a lot of wonderful possibilities and teaches very uh great things about like existing in life and how to exist, coexist with other people or whatnot. I think kind of just like with anything, it becomes really sad when people use it as a framework for um, you know, like segregating and, and separating one another. Um, you know, or then also like a pushing of ideologies onto people, the thinking if you don't think my way, then that means that like you're not one of us and you're you're sort of like our enemy or something you know and my goal is to convert you or something like you need to be like us and i I feel like that's a the really sad byproduct of, of of religion because i suppose it's more when it becomes into sort of institutionalized and it becomes more like organized um faith there's nothing wrong with people like believing in something greater than themselves um i think that's that's that can be a very wonderful thing um but I do think that, like, um, I do think at least for myself, um developing a sense of like confidence in myself and who I am has been like the 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 real sort of sense of belief of of uh, strength and what's possibility and what's to like go by in life. I feel like I used to be very much like um super super, super conscious of like, um how I would be able to um, care for others and what I can do for others. And I feel like that's always been a very wonderful backbone of like, perhaps who I am as a person, of being, uh, you know, considerate of of, of someone else's feelings and and, um, needs or just, you know, and whatnot, Um, how you can attend to someone else other than yourself. But I will say, I do think for a long time, like it's also maybe a byproduct of not caring as much for myself that like the validation of like being a good person came from someone else appreciating and caring for you. And I think as I got older into my twenties and like still having that there, but then addressing more of myself of like, no, like, do I care and think I'm valid and have love for myself without someone else's approval or saying that like, Oh no, Robbie is a good person or something. So, um, it's almost like i feel like people ex- explore these sort of things or th- they perhaps explore all of these things or get these things through religion um but i probably just got them all from just like a self exploration you know like maybe there's yeah. correlations to text or something in various religions i don't know but yeah
0: um sort of just you how ever I feel. yeah it's funny because i asked you you know if you believe in god and 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 you talked about religion like i think it's unfortunate that like god and religion have become so intertwined like um because i'm not religious like i don't subscribe to any religion but i do i do think that life is like pretty unbelievable like it's pretty amazing that we're here and it's pretty amazing that that our bodies just work like our hearts just beat and and our food is digested when we put it in there's all these things going on in our bodies that we're unaware of and we're just kind of born into this this thing yep. Yep. um i do think there's there there's some kind of force that like unites us all and is within us and it's outside of us and it's everywhere and whether you want to call that god or like the force or like, I don't know, I I think the word God is so heavy. And it's so people have this. This idea of what it should be, or like, if they don't believe it, I, I find it interesting, like, 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 what do you think God could be? Or do you ever think about like, where we or why we're here?
1: Um, you mean as like, as humanity? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, like, I kind of think in a lot of things that nothing is intrinsic. I don't, like, I don't think that, like, that's, like, meant to be or whatnot, um, or perhaps really have any strong belief in faith. Sorry, um, in fate. Um, I do think the concepts of, like, hope and, and having faith is, like, a wonderful thing to one to have, and those can be attributed to elements of religion. But um, at least just, like, I think it's a gift to exist. Um, You know, I'm certainly an open person, like, in the sense that, like, I don't really like to live in a state of absolution of them, like, no, this is 100% what this is. I don't know what happens when you die. More than likely what is described from from science is that you – you know you're you're going to be you're going to assimilate back into the earth and i think there's something very beautiful and symbolic with that is that, that you're actually you know you're um you're perhaps your uh alive being dies but elements of you be- become a continual part of, of the you know growing and changing existing landscape that is this planet right uh and this there's something that i i like to 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 believe in that that like um I think the the it's it, you, you almost could look at it sort of like layers of like the 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 earth in itself like kind of might be considered something like a, of a god of mother nature or something that you're like just existing in this in this space in it and then to even go further like who knows how big and whatnot obviously the seemingly infinite space which is the which is the universe, you know, but it's like, yeah, when you really think about it, it's kind of, um, it's an amazing thing that you just have this uh, for better or for worse. Cause obviously everyone's circumstances when you're born into this world, you know, can be, can be better than others, but it's one of those things that it is kind of like, I think it is what you just make of it. um, Your existence. Uh, I do think that what we're, there's definitely a lot of positive things about, um, you know contemporary life um human civilization in 2022 or well, not there's definitely a lot of very bad things um but I think mostly we sort of like know where we are you know what uh industry oh, you know industrialization capitalism all these things have like done to you know uh, the world but then it's where we're existing in it too so you also know whether you um you're going to fight against it and come and perhaps completely be alien to it all and um or, or, or you're going to work within its structure and find positive beneficial things that can be like um enjoyed through that experience too i don't know it's like a kind of a blessing and a curse to sometimes to exist because we all naturally experience these hardships and it's like i didn't there's no there's no choice to 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 want it you know um but we also equally could be in a forest and be you know having to worry about whether that bear is gonna like eat me in the night or something uh or like where am i yeah it's like so i don't know i'm just very i'm always very grateful for for what i have because i know my life could be a lot worse um and i just always think to try and like to, to maintain the best life i can for myself and then whilst also trying to be as considerate as i can in coexisting in a space with other people you know yeah how do you feel about like, I mean, you know, you, you're saying that your life is very minimal and that you, you're just almost mostly like existing in these few spaces, which is like your home with your family and then obviously your work environment. And like, like you said earlier, that you're very content. Like, do you think that you're, you you're focus on like what you wanted in life or, or what, me, me means to be happy or, or have some sort of fulfillment do you think those things have changed or you know like to what it is to be human and living
0: well i'm still figuring it out you know every every day is a is a puzzle i'm, I'm a puzzle you know that i'm trying to figure out um and i'm content socially like i'm content being you know i'm content with with my life. But at the same time, I do wonder, like, am I living up to my full potential? Or are there things that I should be doing that I'm not doing? Should I be trying harder in certain areas of my life? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I'm content in in some ways, but not in others. Um, Like, I'm always, I'm very self-critical. And I'm very, I'm constantly wondering, am I doing enough? Have I accomplished enough um and when i'm like when I'm depressed, I get down on myself, my negative energy seems to just focus on myself and I start to just like pick myself apart and not like who I am um so yeah, I would say i'm I'm content with my life, but I'm not content with with me, you know there's a lot of uh
1: do you, think, do you think it's uh, the things you like look to explore within this like state that you're not content with within yourself? Is it an internal thing that you're looking to to, or more like uh, experiential sort of things of like, I would like to try more of this, which in turn might help me learn about um, a side of myself that I haven't really explored yet. Like, um, like, how do you look at it in that way?
0: Yeah, it's both. It's, you know exploring different experiences that, that might, uh, that might help me grow. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but I have, I'm, I have like different perspectives on it because a part of me is very content with who I am. Um, And when I'm in in a good mental space, it's not something that I worry about. Like I, I'm, content with who i am but when i'm in a bad mental state it's like i start picking it apart do you think uh just like focusing and thinking
1: about compromise in life like is something that like is a a focus for you because i think about that a lot personally in, in terms of like i know that i think just um existing and growing older there's always this element of, of of compromise and sometimes you can be comfortable with that compromise sometimes that can leave people with a sense of like they didn't try and they feel regretful um you know and you never know until you're in those states of course but like like i know for instance for myself like when i look at my life and my lifestyle like you know uh i'm a single person 35 you know i live in los angeles which is like completely uh hugely removed from all of my family
0: yeah
1: uh from a lot of my core friends who i've grown up with you know like all in australia i spent most of my years in my life since i was 13 in melbourne so you know there's, there's a, a huge amount of people I'm, I'm i'm missing in being around uh yeah so I, I don't have i don't have a partner i don't have any um any family uh you know like um I mean yeah family members I don't don't have like I guess I don't like when I compare myself into into your situation and your life and your lifestyle there's a lot of things that like you have for instance that sound beautiful and I would love to experience those you know you have you have a wonderful partner you have two kids you seem to have a very wonderful sort of like ecosystem of like your home and your space and then your work and like my life is like so far like on the polar opposite of that but i know that there is a compromise because um like as, as much as like i'm open to those things potentially happening and there's even elements of times where i long for those you know those things in life yeah but then there's also the freedom that i know that i have that my current situation allows me to be like well i could pack up and i could go live in new york if i wanted to you know, I could try this for that because most of my responsibilities are just really to myself and they're very minimal. And I don't know if it's been overly strategic. I wouldn't say it's like that. It's almost been a little bit, but mostly circumstantial that I feel like if I don't use all of that to my advantage, I'm kind of... Um, I'm I'm making it disservice to my current situation. It's like oh well, you know, I I I should use all of these things to to my advantage because like I have it access to me, you know. And right. there's people like, for instance, someone like yourself who may not have as much of the freedoms in in what I have. And that's where there's that com- there's that com- uh, compromise. Like, do you feel like kind of similarly? Like sometimes that like what you have in your structure of your life that you almost think, well, what would it be like if I didn't have this and what I could possibly do? Because you have to have so much more factors in your decision-making process now, right?
0: Right, right. And there is definitely a part of me that like always fantasizes about having like a different situation. But ultimately, like I'm very lucky and i'm very happy with how things are and i think it's important to to um honor whatever your current situation is and you honor that situation by being grateful and by utilizing it um to the most and enjoying it to the most and there's awesome things about your situation in that you're free and you can you can you have a lot more options and even if sometimes you you might be lonely or or long for having like a family or things like that it's always best to like to come to approach it with a a sense of gratitude and be like how can i utilize this to its fullest and you know yeah i think it's important to honor your your history and honor your story and honor your your current situation um yeah. but obviously like i think everyone you know it's natural to to dream about oh what if you know what if things were different what if what if i was single or what if i didn't have kids or like of course everyone does that and that's almost a part of you know figuring out who you are and what you want um
1: yeah and and also i think fighting against the the perhaps uh pressures in which like um Uh, popular culture sort of like present itself to you I think like social media could be a wonderful thing but it also can be something that like constantly um, you know present yourself with this comparative like mind state of what you don't have and you're always usually seeing the uh, framed versions of what other people's lives are and this like longing of desire of of, um, envy and you know but it's always not like you know a Total example of what the reality is, obviously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And everyone, the thing is like, nobody has a perfect existence. Nobody is free of anxiety or, you know, sadness. Everyone deals with those hardships and like having a certain situation is never gonna shield you from pain or suffering or, you know, bad days everyone has that regardless of having a family or being single no situation yep. is perfect um i think f- for me just trying to figure out the best way to exist in my mind is more important than what my situation is like if i can learn to be happy in any situation i think that is the path as opposed to obsessing over like making your life a perfect thing. Yeah. It's like you should just try to make your mind, you know, strong and able to withstand, yep. you know, hardships and and disappointment and all the things that life is gonna dish at you no matter what. That's a beautiful way of putting it.
1: There's, yeah. there's a there's a quote I remember I um I heard from George Harrison um because it's in like that it's in like this documentary of him actually. Um, but it's like a press conference and someone's asking him about spirituality and faith. And uh, I think he's in New York and like saying something like, you know, like how can you be spiritual in New York city? Right. And he, he basically says that like, you know, someone can travel all the way to the Himalayas, you know, to find a spiritual connection, but essentially they can go all that way and completely miss it. Whereas you can be the heart of New York City and can be the most spiritually content there is, you know, and I, 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 right. I do think it that always sort of um, stayed with me, and I think it taps into what you're saying about like that like really the internal um, sort of space is the most important one to feel like you should uh, explore and, and, and to develop some element of like to be content with. Right. Because then it allows you to enter any sort of like environment and space and to feel, um, I guess, ready and whole and, you know, available yeah. to, to to handle whatever life is going to bring you, right?
0: Right. Because no matter where you go, you, you bring yourself with you. So There's, yes. there's no escaping yourself. Um, so that's right. the journey I'm on is like trying to, to make that as good as I can, and I have good days and bad days. Obviously, like sometimes it's great being Todd McInerney, and sometimes it's a nightmare being Todd McInerney. But uh, it, every day is is a challenge. And like, do you deal with any? Do you have bad days being Robbie Pitts?
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I certainly don't want to ever like just give an image that like I'm. Uh, um, always happy and joyful. I think, you know, it's one of those things that like, let's say when you're at a skate contest or something, like, you know, you're an event with other role days around generally speaking, like, how can I not be excited to be there and, and happy and, and to share in other people's spaces? So like I'm usually always like very excited and, and I love conversing and socializing with people. So that's always going to be that side of me. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, as human as anyone else. So like I definitely have like difficult times in 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 my life and like you know i think as we spoke about in the past podcast like yeah i've had moments of like very serious depression in my life and i would even say even to this to this day like i still have waves of that stuff and i don't know if it's just like you know just the type of person that's more susceptible to that um and then i know it probably will be something that will just continually flow out in my life perhaps at one point it, it got way worse you know um and it needs to be far more it needs to be addressed way more but it's just sort of i think a part of like existing or at least just existing as me that i know that there's going to be those like those times and you just sort of have to learn to um i guess navigate through them right it's like um i both feel like there's just that thing of like you know how do you know what's good if you don't know what's bad and it's like if you you know if you don't have that reference of experience you know like you you don't know right there's also this other interesting thing i i i I saw and heard it was a i think it was a ted talk but it was something about how humans are actually fascinated and drawn to this sense of attainment that we really are always looking to achieve and do this thing. But the real thing is, is that we're actually like completely lost as soon as we attain what we're going for. And that we're right. actually very driven by the journey of the attainment rather than the actual completing of the task. So You know true. what I mean? And yeah. as soon as I like heard that and I was just like, geez, which then that's why I always look at like, looking at life and things and how I like to exist as being this constant thing, you know, that it's never just like a a completion or or a static thing. And I just I I just like to hopefully like keep on attaining new things and unlocking new doors and ideas and experiences and versions of like who I am, you know. And there's different things in life that are going to access for those for you. You know, like someone might be able to access something new for them because of the way it might be physical, changing their hair changing their clothes, that exterior transformation could be wonderfully transformative and, and, and bring upon a new experience, right? Someone else, it could be like, you know, it could be more of a, a, an internal thing or an experiential thing of trying, being in a different space that you're not used to, talking to different people, um, you know? And I just, I think that's just like the driving thing for me is to always keep like trying to do that searching for new searching for new um experiences and and, um understanding of like what is possible and and who to be.
0: Nice. Well I'm excited to uh continue to watch you experiment with yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Um (laughs) I have to pee really bad. So I say we uh end this. This was this was awesome, Robbie. Oh, will
1: do this is—I yeah, was I was so stoked, you know, to do this and and be even even happier uh, at this point, you know.
0: Yeah, like, this was really fun. Like
1: like like the attainment. I'm already
0: thinking about the next one.
1: <laughs>
0: nice. Well, yeah, we'll we'll do this again next year for sure. Yeah, it could 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 be a yearly thing. 2023. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm
1: still I'm still I'm still hoping to to get back up to Canada then and, and come take a trip. So, I guess now as as. In hindsight thinking back to march of 2021 the world's kind of come a long way also hasn't in other ways but it um at least now we know that like traveling in that way is probably a bit more um open so it's a possibility again yeah
0: we should do that i have a fantasy of of um having a flat flatland session with you wow that'd be fun yeah (laughs) so let's make that happen yeah please yeah (laughs) Okay, well, thanks yeah, a lot, buddy. The rest of your day, dude. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Peace. Bye. <laughs>